This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to all elders past and present and honour their history, cultures and traditions of storytelling. Hello and welcome to Pep Talk. I'm Caroline Hugel, your host and chief cheerleader. I know firsthand the value of a good pep talk. After more than two decades in the corporate world across Sydney, London and New York, I remain grateful for the pep talks that gave me perspective, confidence and helped steer me in the right direction. The Pep Talk podcast will give you the nudge you didn't know you needed in around 10 minutes, enough time to take a quick walk around the block while you're listening. It shares advice, experience and wise counsel from brilliant women connected to the world of media, communications and the arts. The first series of Pep Talk recognises the wonderful organisation, Fitted for Work, a not-for-profit that helps disadvantaged women get work and keep it through mentorship and other work readiness programs. Fitted for Work's social enterprise, SheWorks, offers a recruitment solution for creating diverse workforces. You can find out more at fittedforwork.org. In this special episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Donna Deswart, Managing Director of Fitted for Work, the incredible not-for-profit we've partnered with on this first series of Pep Talk podcast. Donna grew up in Mowie in country Victoria, and after finishing school with lower-than-expected exam results, she fell into a role as a travel agent and consultant. Some years later, after a move to Melbourne, Donna became a teacher, something she'd always dreamed of doing, and she was great at it, teaching at TAFE and eventually becoming a head of department. After more than a decade excelling as an educator, Donna transitioned into consulting on diversity and inclusion, then supporting people with disabilities and from there finding a way to fit it for work. Donna, hello. Can I start by getting you to talk us through your role and what your day-to-day looks like? My role is Managing Director of Fit It For Work and the wonderful thing about this job and sometimes the frustrating thing about this job is every day is completely different. So from one day, you could be dealing to um, staff crisis, like most of us seem to be having at the moment, whether it's people moving on to other roles, whether it's people going down sick with COVID, people taking long overdue leave. We, We seem to have a revolving door at the moment and have done for the last six months particularly. Um, So dealing with those sorts of issues and also, you know, moving on to speaking with government departments about the role that we can play in helping them achieve an economic recovery for Australia and and putting women at the centre of that, through to many board responsibilities. And of course, the number one is how do I bring money in the door so we can continue the work that we do? What's the biggest obstacle you've overcome as it relates to your career? Imposter syndrome. Waking up every day and thinking, I have a a, a mountain of a task. Um, Maybe it's something I haven't done before. And you know, probably the, the thing that really brought this to the fore was the pandemic itself. If someone had have said to me eight years ago when I was interviewed for this role, if someone had have said, listen, we're going to give you a, um, a hypothetical. There's a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic, Donna, and we want to know how are you going to manage that? Um, I probably would have said, look, I don't think I'm the right person for you 
But lo and behold, we find ourselves doing things that we never thought we had the capability to do. And so for me, probably looking back now over the last two years, just the achievement in keeping all of our people safe, all of our people healthy, um, was, I think, the biggest achievement. Um, and keeping us as an organisation buoyant, uh, being there for women who really needed us. And how do you get through the imposter syndrome that creeps into your mind in those moments? What do you tell yourself? How do you get through it? When it does pop up, I see it very clearly. Um, and I do, I do have a conversation with myself around, really, we're going to do this again? Uh, so more and more, I, I have that really stern conversation with myself like, this is rubbish. What's the worst that can happen here? Um, I can try something, I can fail, but no one's going to die as a result. And I think the other thing I draw a lot of strength from now is as I get older, I think about the women that have come before me. I think about the women in my family and I think about women I read about and, and see in the world and the amazing things that they're doing. And that gives me a lot of strength. And that also gives me a kick up the backside to say, listen, this imposter syndrome, this false sense of humility, that's a load of rubbish. And it actually doesn't help me or the women that I'm trying to reach. What motivates you? When I hear the stories of women who, through life circumstances, and often not of their own choosing, have achieved security, have achieved financial security and the incredible strength they draw on that and the growth. And even just within our own team here, when I see growth within the team, I, I, I really hope that just as our clients, when they come through the door, they leave stronger, more confident, more capable than when they, they came through the door when they leave. I hope the same for our team. And when I see that growth, that really gives me a sense of what we're doing is making a difference. And that really motivates me and pushes me forward because there's always more we can do. What do you consider your greatest achievement? It would have to be the relationships I have in my life. You know, I'm very fortunate to be married to a a wonderful human being but I never take that for granted I never take for granted I have you know I have had the pleasure of beautiful parents and a beautiful sibling great kids but I'm aware that those relationships need constant attention and time and when I feel that those relationships are on track that's my greatest sense of achievement and and that goes for all my relationships my professional relationships as well who are the people in your life that have provided you with wise counsel as it relates to your career uh, I worked for an organization a number of years ago uh, and this was a point in my life where I was a single mum uh, my husband had passed away and I had two sort of young teenagers and my whole world blew up in a big way and I didn't know who I was anymore. It was actually a, a team of people who were above me who called on me to 
step outside of my comfort zone and I pushed back a bit on that because I didn't think I was able to do it. Uh, and they, through sort of gentle encouragement, pushed me ahead. I think that particular team of people had a massive influence on me. They were also quite fearless in how they led the business. And there were times I was thinking, gee, I don't know if that's a good idea. But time and time again, they just pushed ahead regardless. And I think that really inspired me and encouraged me. And I think I take a lot of strength still from that, that, you know, people do believe that you are able and um, to achieve great things. We all have it within us. So yeah, I feel very, very fortunate in that respect. What advice do you have for listeners wanting to ask for a pay rise? So number one, recognize your value and recognize your value holistically. What I mean by that is it's not just about uh, the, the, the outputs, if you like, but it's also the outcomes that you're achieving. If someone asks me for a pay rise, and it's very difficult to give a pay rise in the not-for-profit space, um, often we're not in a position to do that. But I think you have to show that A, you're doing the job that you're doing to the best of your ability, that you are you are showing that you are wanting to do more. So you're taking that next step and it might be professional development, taking up professional development opportunities, but you have to actually show. It's not enough to come to your employer and say, hey, I'm doing my job and I want a pay rise. You have to show the value of what you're doing beyond that to be taken seriously. Employers are really struggling at the moment. I know we are. Um, the cost of living, yes, is going up, but so too is the cost of running organisations as well. So we need to be able to justify to our boards and so on for those pay rises. So we need to be able to see that, yes, you're doing a great job, but what else do you want to aspire to be and how are you showing that? How are you showing your worth, your value? What advice do you have for organisations wanting to hire great people? There's two things. One is that um, that the values align. So for us, our values are generosity, respect and courage. And we have a number of behaviours that actually sit uh, behind those values. So we'd, you know, we would be looking for um, how people are uh, illustrating those values in their lives. And the second one is a sense of humility. And what I mean by that is that when somebody comes into an interview and tells me that they know everything, that they can do everything, what that tells me is they're unteachable and nobody can possibly know everything. Um, so I look for those people who are honest and often this is where women are great. They will be the first ones to admit, look, I don't know everything. I can't do everything, but I'm open to learning. And that sense of humility um, and, and curiosity is so important. Um, and also I would say that for me, that sense of um, creativity is really important. A lot of our staff don't have traditional not-for-profit, um, if you like, backgrounds. 
Um, we have uh, interior designers, architects. We have a whole range of people who've come to us from a lot of different backgrounds. And often that different way of thinking, that different way of looking at things um, has proven to be incredibly important, particularly in times of great stress. Are there work ethics and attitudes that you most admire in women? What I do see is a, a, a great number of compassionate actions and kindness uh, around the place um, and courageous conversations that happen. So my experience of what women bring to the workforce, I think, is exemplified um, in what we do. And that's how we want to work with our clients as well. We have to practice what we preach. So I feel that those strengths that women bring, that practicality that women uh, bring in the way that they manage their lives and their families' lives um, has a big impact as well. Um, We call on all of those things. And I think that's enabled us to be successful at what we do. Given the the name of this podcast is Pep Talk, I'm really interested in if there's a you know a, a really common pep talk that you know your employees have to give, and um, how they navigate that and how they build confidence and courage in women as they um, enter the workforce. Yeah, so if you can imagine when women connect with us. They're not connecting with us at the best times in their lives. They're often connecting with us at probably some of the worst times in their lives. So when we are feeling uh, lost, often our confidence and our sense of self-belief is very low. And, you know, that's the common denominator across all the clients that we see, regardless of age, regardless of background and regardless of what they've experienced that they find themselves in this space. And what we've seen through the pandemic actually is we've seen that level of uh, confidence and self-belief has dropped even lower for women. And I have lots of theories as to why I think that is. But we've had to introduce a whole new level uh, of service, if you like. And that's what we call our cheerleaders our cheerleading service, what we have to do is we need to speak to women about their self-worth, about their value. And even if they have not been actively participating in the workforce, they have been active participants in our community and our society and they are of worth and they are of value. And it makes all the difference and I can look back at different points in my life to have someone in your corner to say, you can do this, you've got this. So for us, it's about having that conversation and letting women know that they're not alone, that they're not unique in their feelings of self-worth and confidence, that these are things that we can overcome together. Donna, I just like, thank you for today, but thank you for what you do. Um, It's it's so generous. It's so giving. It is so important. And I'm really grateful for you. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity, Caroline. I really appreciate it. That's it. Our first season of Pep Talk. 
Thanks so much for listening. And remember, you can find all our interviews on howdidshegetthere.com. And don't forget to check out everything fitted for work. You can support, shop, recruit via their SheWorks program, donate and volunteer, plus so much more at fittedforwork.org. A big thanks again to Donna, Caitlin and all the team at Fitted for Work. And a quick shout out to Microsoft, who Fitted for Work have partnered with on their digital upskilling initiative, so far reaching more than 2,000 women for technical and tech-enabled roles. If you've enjoyed Pep Talk and you feel cheered on, tell your friends and give us a great review. Pep Talk is produced in partnership with Weld Stories. I'm Caroline Hugel. Speak again soon.